Hey there, thanks for joining us for today's weekly podcast. We are so excited that you're here. You're about to hear an incredible message from our pastor, Terry Haight. But before we get started, we'd like you to consider partnering with us. Our heart is to spread Jesus' message of hope to the world. If you'd like to sow into that mission, please visit hermesonassembly.com and click the Give button. Thank you so much for your generosity. Now enjoy this message. All right. This morning, I do want to share a message with you that's been on my heart, and it's entitled, The Danger of Distraction. And as I was preparing this message this week, I had something happen to me that may have happened as a child, but my mom's not here to ask any longer, but I got this crackling and this gurgling noise in my ear, and before I knew it, I couldn't even hear out of my ear. So I ended up going to the doctor, and... She put me on a strong antibiotic and gave me these eardrops, and I thought, you know, I can't do this message because I can only hear out of one side of my head. And I thought, this is just a huge distraction. But I thought, God, how fitting. It's a big distraction, but that's what I'm going to talk about today, so it's perfect. So when we first moved to Hermiston about, gosh, seven years ago now, how many of you are familiar with the intersection of 4th Street and Jenny? There's a mobile home park there on one side. Okay. So while Roger would be at work, Nate and I found ourselves exploring the city and finding out where everything was, you know, opening the checking account, finding all the grocery stores, all that kind of thing. So I had been up and down 4th Street several times. And then one night, we were out doing something, and Roger was with us, and I was driving. And I approached that intersection like I had several times before and went right on through like I did. And he said, Tina, you just ran a stop sign. And I said, I absolutely did not run a stop sign, Roger. I'm a good driver, and I don't just go through stop signs. He said, yeah, there was a stop sign on the corner. I said, no, I'm positive there wasn't a stoplight, and I know for certain there wasn't a stop sign. So guess what happened, guys? Ladies, you know, you've been there. Next time I ventured there, I kind of took my time a little bit and said, oh, wow, there's a big red octagon-shaped stop sign. And I was like... I just breezed on through there. I wonder what those people thought. At that time, I still had Virginia license plates, so they probably thought, well, you know, she's from Virginia. But I was just thankful that I didn't cause an accident or something didn't happen. But obviously, I was distracted enough that I didn't notice the stop sign several times, and it was right there in plain view. And I would say, in my defense, in Virginia, where I'm from and where I grew up, we don't have a lot of four-way stops. So that's why I missed it, maybe. But I was distracted, obviously. That's what um, is important about that. Whether I just wasn't mentally thinking that there may be one, whatever it was, I was definitely distracted, and I missed it. And so many of us are unaware of different distractions, just like that stop sign. We're unaware. They come in out of our lives every day, and we're just so unaware of them. They're, They're just not even detected. And could it be that God is placing stop signs in major intersections of our lives to get us to stop and take note, to stop to hear his voice, to stop to see what he's trying to say to us. I would have said, I'm a good driver. And most of you would probably say, I'm alert. I know what's going on around me. In Matthew chapter 4, there's the story, and most of you are familiar with it. It's Jesus with his 12 disciples, and he wants to go up to the mountain to pray, as he did so many times before. And he tells the disciples, why don't you all get in the boat and go to the other side of the lake? 
And while they were going, it wasn't uncommon for that area and that lake for these big winds to just come up out of nowhere. So while they were in the boat going to the other side, this huge wind came up. So they're looking out, and it's dark, mind you, and they see this figure coming to them on the water. And at first they thought it was a ghost. But then they realized, wait a minute, that's Jesus. So I wonder if Peter may have looked and sounded something like this. Oi! It looks like Jesus. It sounds like my master, but who walks on water? Jesus, if that's you, command me to walk out there with you. Me? You want me to walk on water? Me and my big yapper. It keeps getting me into trouble. Uh, Boy, I didn't plan on taking a a dip tonight. Oh, oh yeah, boys, I got this. No, I said I was looking forward to taking a step out of the ship tonight. Okay, here we go. One. Uh, I've got it, guys. I've got it. Two. Three. This is the driest water I've ever felt. Oh, they're going to make some fun of me. I think I missed the water and ended up back in the boat. Oh, whoa, look at me. I'm walking on water. Yeah, whoa. Oh, I'm walking on water. Look it, I'm one foot in it. Oh, I can do it the other foot too. Guys, see me? Oh, oh Andrew got some brownie points today because he found that boy with the lunch. But he didn't walk on water. Even if he's mama's favorite, he's not walking on water tonight. Oh, I'm walking on. Oh, and that John keeps saying he's the one Jesus loves. He didn't get to walk on water. Oh, that was a big wave. I'm all wet. Yeah. Boy, the wind's strong. Whoa, I'm sinking. Jesus, help. As long as Peter, Peter was a man of faith. It took faith to jump out of a boat onto the water. I don't think I would have. I would have said, oh, no, you all go ahead. I'll encourage from here. But Peter was a man of faith. And as long as he was focused, as long as his focus was on Jesus, he was walking toward him. But again, just like what happened to me at the corner of 4th Street and Jenny, there was a distraction, the wind. Peter looked to the right and looked to the left, and he became distracted, and he took his eyes and his focus off Jesus, and he began to sink. And just like some of us, some of us have, we're believing for different members of our family to know Jesus and walk with him the way we do. We're believing for God to maybe heal someone in our family or touch a coworker or even minister to somebody from our school. We have faith, and we're trusting and believing, but sometimes we lose focus because of the distractions And we're not sure what God is doing, if he's doing anything. In Proverbs chapter 4, they're going to bring it up on the screen. You can turn with me in your Bibles or version or what have you if you'd like. Proverbs chapter 4, verses 25 through 27. I'm going to read it in the NLT first. Look straight ahead and fix your eyes on what lies before you. Mark out a straight path for your feet 
Stay on the safe path. Don't get sidetracked. Keep your feet from following evil. And I'd like to read it in the message as well. Keep your eyes straight ahead. Ignore all sideshow distractions. Watch your step, and the road will stretch out smooth before you. Look neither right nor left. Leave evil in the dust. Distractions, distractions keep us from living out God's purpose in our everyday lives. I'd like you to say that with me because it's important to get that this morning. Distractions keep us from living out God's purpose in our everyday lives. I looked up the definition for distraction, and it's a thing that prevents someone from giving full attention to something else. It's having your attention diverted. Excuse me while I take a drink. So again, distractions keep us from living out God's purpose in our everyday lives. We have to recognize those distractions. Wow, you never know what'll happen when Pastor Terry's away. Distractions, distractions, distractions. Can someone tell me what just happened? Go ahead. I did what? I moved the box? Okay. Do you all think I moved the box? Okay, I would say, oh, we have some no's. I would say, besides a crazy guy in here trying to sell popcorn to you, he should have at least given it to you for free. Yes, I actually bent down and I turned this box. But, that's just a simple little thing, but because your focus was no longer on me speaking, it was on the distraction of the popcorn vendor, you didn't realize, most of you did not see that I turned that box. Your, your attention was diverted, you were distracted. And that's how it happens in our lives. That quick, that easy, that simple. All of these boxes up here represent different distractions in our lives. So I'm going to start. Let's look at this box. This box represents distractions like relationships. Yes, We all have relationships, but do we restrict ourselves in those relationships? Kind of inclusive or exclusive? You don't allow others in. It's us four and no more. You just have your buddies and that's it. Doesn't matter who comes around. Doesn't matter who's new in school. Doesn't matter who comes to your job. It's just your group of friends. That's all you need. You're good. That's a distraction. And this box represents distractions like 
We're so busy with our current relationships, again, that we don't even notice neighbors. We don't notice someone at the store. And I don't mind sharing this because this is real. I've talked to a couple of you and I ran into you at Safeway. And if you all could come up and speak, I know you would say this. I've stopped a few times at Safeway, and even going in, I hear, this is not all about you. Yes, you need milk and butter and flour, but you need to pay attention. This is not just a quick shopping trip. You never know who I might put in your path. Be alert. Be vigilant. Look straight ahead. Don't get distracted, Tina. So I run into somebody in the first, second aisle from church, and they could attest. I'm not going to call them out. And I share this with them. Oh, it's good to see you. Da, 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 da. I'm glad I noticed you because I just feel like God told me, pay attention to who's in Safeway today. It's not just about your shopping list. And you know what? If I'm not careful, three aisles over, I get caught up in the Just For You app on my phone and making sure I'm getting all my sales and all my deals. And I forget. Five minutes later, I forget that I'm supposed to be vigilant. Look ahead. Don't miss people because people are important to God. It's not just about a Safeway list. But if I'm not careful, I'll get distracted. Even after I'm focused going in, before I get through the store, I can be distracted. So we have to keep our attention and focus on him. This box also represents things like having a significant other. After all, everybody I know has a boyfriend or girlfriend. Do I want to stay home and be by myself? And they complete me. They make me feel better about me. But that can be a distraction in our lives. This box also represents sports. Maybe you're in sports. Nothing wrong with that. It's good to stay physically fit and be active and work with the team. Or maybe you have children that are in different sports. Nothing wrong with that either, unless it's all about maybe your team winning, your child excelling. Roger and I talked about Nate. Nate's excited. He's nine years old now, and he can't wait. The countdown's on. He wants to play football. So he's waiting until summer, you know, early fall, and he's asking when and what, and he's practicing at home, and he's ready. But Roger and I have already had the conversation, because we would be those parents. No, let me back up. I would be that parent running up and down with the ref and saying, hold up, wait, did you see this? Whoa, whoa, no, go, Nate, go, what are you doing? So I would just be out there, because I'm in it to win it. I'm competitive, and, I, and I'm gonna, he's going to play for me. He's really playing for me. I'm going to tell him he better get it right. So we've already talked. And I said, you know, Roger said, this has got to be, we've got to be intentional. We've got to be focused. This is not about Nate winning a bunch of games or my extreme competitiveness. This is about maybe another player's mom or dad or grandparent on the, on the sidelines who may need someone in their life just to get to know them, someone, just to know someone cares about them. We don't want to lose focus. It's not just about the game. We don't want to be distracted, so we're trying to be very intentional about that. Again, none of these things are wrong in and of themselves, but these distractions can keep us from living out God's purpose in our everyday lives, and that's what we really need to look at. There's so many boxes of distraction to choose from. Okay, how about this one? Okay, career. Career jobs, we have to work. You have to take care of your family. That's important. But sometimes we run for that job and that shift, that overtime, that we really don't have to choose. And we do because we want to excel. We want to make more money. We want to keep up with whoever. But the truth is, while we're chasing money and all of those raises and all of those positions, are we missing the stop sign that God is placing 
in different intersections of our lives to get our attention? Are we plowing right through it just like I did and we're not paying attention to what he really wants? So now I can't come to church at all. I miss Sundays and Wednesdays. And I can't even do the outreaches there. I love my city outreaches. That's not a thing this church is doing. That's our heart, and that's what we believe in. So now I can't partake in that anymore because my job, oh, I go in early and I stay late. It's just hard. I can't. I find myself just kind of disconnected now. Or maybe it's school, college. I got to just get another degree, and I just have to earn more because you never know when I'm going to need that later. Or, And there's nothing wrong with those things unless... They cause us to miss the stop sign that God is placing in major intersections of our lives to get our attention and to take notice. What about the coworker? You may have hope, but the coworker doesn't. This city has been through a lot recently. And what about the different people? They may not express it to you until you see that stop sign and you take time to stop and say, wait a minute, this is not just about a job. It's not just about a paycheck. It's not just about a school class I have to graduate. What if God is putting that person, that student, in my class for a reason. And yet I'm plowing right through that stop sign, not noticing. I'm so distracted. I have no idea what the real thing and the main thing really is. And these distractions keep us from living out God's purpose in our everyday lives. Okay, let's see what's over. Oh, this box. It's kind of back here. Looks a little hidden. This box is important. Maybe the smallest up here, but don't let it deceive you, okay? The most dangerous distraction that you will ever face or not face or not see is the distraction that you're unaware of. It's the distraction in your life that's undetected. You have no idea that this is a distraction, or it may be many things that are undetected in your lives. So this box is the loss of identity. I don't know who I am. I don't really feel good inside. I fake it well, most people wouldn't know it, but at the end of the day, deep down inside, I have a lost identity. I don't know why God created me. I don't know what my purpose is. I'm just going through life. That's a huge distraction. And because of that distraction of not knowing my purpose and my identity, I'm busy. I'm busy all the time, and I'm busy being busy. And if you followed me, you would probably say, wow, she's busy, but she's not really accomplishing much. And if you asked me, Tina, how are you doing? I would say to you, oh, I've just been busy. How are you? Busy being busy because I don't have purpose. I don't know. No direction. And because I have a loss of identity, I'm busy and I procrastinate. I'm late for everything. Because you know what? There's no reason to get up early and just go. There's no reason to just plan something and get it done early because what does it really matter anyway? I don't really feel good about any of it. I have a loss of identity. I don't know my purpose on this earth. So why should I rush to finish things early? What's the use to get there early? What am I missing? And these are all dangerous distractions because they can be very undetected. You know something's not right inside maybe, but you're not sure what it is. And again, these distractions keep us from living out God's purpose in our everyday lives.
Okay, let's see. Let's choose. Oh, my, this one. This one is almost yelling. Look at it. Boom, da, boom, boom, boom. This thing is going. Mm, 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 mm. This is my kibox right here. I can relate. This is me. See how I came alive when I picked this one up? All right. This box represents media. Hey, that affects everybody in the room, right? We love our media. This represents things like Facebook. Wait, don't worry. I won't leave you out. Instagram, Twitter, Snapchat, video games, TV channels, all 417 of them. It's amazing how many channels you can get today. YouTube, Netflix, music. This thing is bumping. It's yelling. It's calling me ding, ding, ding. Some of you, some of you are so distracted by the media and your phone. You know what? Oh, you've got to stay connected. And you brought it with you today. Nothing wrong. Nothing wrong with leaving home with your cell phone. But you know what? Not only do you bring it with you to church. Hey, somebody might text. I've got to be ready. But you keep it on your lap. Oh, no, I don't leave my cell phone on the seat. I got to have it right here because you never know who's trying to locate me or get with me. So I got to know. So my cell phone stays right here, right with me. And let me tell you something. If I'm going somewhere and I leave home without it, I don't care if I'm 40 miles out. We got to go back. I need my phone. Right? You might need to do a selfie. You could run, you run into somebody and got to get a selfie and got to get online. You just, and again, there's nothing wrong with these things by themselves. But these can be major distractions because I would get on you version, intentional. Yeah, I need to get into the word today. I need to be focused. I need to see what God wants to say to me through a scripture. So I'm going in there. I'm going to meditate, pray a little bit before you know it. Wow, is it? It's cloudy outside. I'm going to check the weather because Roger works nights and I got to make sure he's got what he needs. He wears different undergarments depending on the weather. So next thing you know, I'm over here checking the weather for the week. And I'm not just glancing. I'm going in the days and the detail and the nights and what happened to the scripture and what happened to the focus and what happened to prayer. And you say, oh, big deal. We all get distracted. Who hasn't gotten on something? And, but you know what? If it causes us to lose our focus and if it causes me to run through the, those stop signs that God is trying to place in that intersection in my life to say, Tina, I want you to be disciplined. I want you to be focused. You want to be intentional. You want to hear my voice. You want me to use you. And yet you can't even get, you can't even get through a Bible plan without getting on to other things. Again, they're not wrong by themselves. But these distractions can keep us from living out God's purpose in our everyday lives. And they're not just innocent distractions. We have to be focused. We have to keep our eyes straight ahead. We can't look to the right and look to the left. I want to share just briefly with you. Let me get a drink of water. Excuse me for a moment. Okay, I want to share just briefly with you. I want to introduce you to someone that means the world to me, okay? He's not going to be here, but I'm going to share briefly who he is. He's my Uncle Michael. I grew up without a father. Grandparents died when I was very young. I only have one side of the family, my mom's. So my Uncle Michael is the only male representation in my whole family. He was the example for everything. And my Uncle Michael was an incredible man. He was a diligent man. He was a good man. He was good to his family. He worked hard. But later in my uncle's life, after 30 years of marriage, unfortunately, so sadly, 
they divorced. But something in that divorce, they had one child, he was grown at the time, something in that divorce changed my uncle. And he became someone who lived very intentionally. I saw focus in him that I had never seen before. I got to know him closer in ways that I didn't know before. And he would come by and he would pick me up. And he loved in Virginia, we have beautiful leaves, especially in the autumn. And you can go and ride around and you can see all these beautiful trees and landscape. And he also liked the little antique shops and things like that. So we would stop at those. But I remember I'd ask him simple questions like, what did you do, what did you do yesterday when you were off? He said, well, you know, I got up and, you know, what I wanted to do is I wanted to go to Costco and I needed to do the grass, mow the grass. But so I asked God, you know, what's what do you want me to do, or what do you want me to do first? And even that, I was like, you're asking God about going to Costco and mowing grass? It's, that's not a big deal. There's nothing wrong with those things. After all, you've worked all week. And he'd say, in this particular time, God told me to go on into Costco early and then mow your grass later. And when he went to Costco, he ran into, in the freezer section there, he ran into a guy he'd worked with for years, and the man's wife just found out she had terminal cancer and she didn't have long to live. And those are those appointments. Time and time again, things like that. On the way home, he would go a different route. He worked at the same job for 30 years, but God would tell him, go ahead and go this way. He would just get this little thought, go a different way, because that's how God spoke to him. So he would go the different way, and he'd run into somebody broke down or needing a tire change. And time and time and time again, there's all these examples. Because my uncle was focused, his eyes were straight ahead. He didn't allow all these distractions of life. Maybe it's through the divorce that changed him. But he wanted to hear God's voice like he never heard it before. And I'm so thankful for that, and I'm so thankful for him. It has taught me a lot. Most of you know the story in Luke 10 of Mary and Martha. Jesus had come to the city, the village, and then he was going to come to Mary and Martha's house. Not only were the disciples with him, I'm sure there were lots of other people. So Mary and Martha were doing what you and I would do with good hostesses. They're cleaning the house and getting things ready and preparing food. All wonderful things. And let's face it, how many of you have had Jesus come to your door? I probably would have shampooed carpets. I would have had the outside painted. We would have done it all because Jesus is coming. So they were very busy with things like that. So Jesus comes. He goes into the house. Mary follows him into the room because this isn't anybody. This is Jesus. And Mary's not going to be sidetracked. She's not going to be distracted. She had focus. She followed him in. She, I think she thought, hey, whatever didn't get done doesn't need done. Jesus is here now. We've got to stop and take notice. So she went on in with Jesus. And Martha was busy, busy getting things ready and preparing and planning. And then she noticed, oh, Mary's in there with Jesus. So I have to finish everything by myself. And I just wonder if Mary looked and sounded something like this. Shalom, shalom. Oh, good to see you, Rebecca. Oh, glad you came over. Shalom, shalom. Oh, oh, hi, Hannah. Oh, make sure you get some pita. Oh, shalom, shalom. Oh, oh, my knish, it's in the oven. Oh, 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 yes. All right, all right. Shalom. Oh, Daniel, I'm glad you made it. Hi, Daniel. Oh, shalom, shalom. Good to see you. Good to see you. Peter, get out of my babka. Peter. Oh, boy, where is Mary? She's 
sitting with Jesus. I don't know what she's thinking. Jesus, Jesus, can you tell my sister Mary to come help me? What do you mean she's chosen the better thing? I, I've got all these guests. We've got these guests. Oh, goodness, you just, oh, oh boy. Oh. Oh. Nobody's helping out. Shalom. Shalom. Luke chapter 10, verse 41 and 42. I want to read to you because it's very important that we don't miss this. Jesus' response to Martha. So Luke 10, 41 and 42. But the Lord said to her, my dear Martha, you are worried and upset over all these details. There is only one thing worth being concerned about. Mary has discovered it and it will not be taken from her. Mary has discovered it and it will not be taken from her. It wasn't wrong what Martha was doing, but she was distracted with all the preparations for Jesus that she didn't take time to listen or speak to Jesus. She was running right through that stop sign that was placed in her life to take notice. Stop, wait, take notice. You're missing something very important here. And I wonder if Jesus came to our house I know I would sit here today and think, no, no, I wouldn't miss him. There would be nothing more important than just sitting with him and listening. I can't even imagine the Savior of the world in my house. But I have a feeling I would have said, Jesus, do you mind slipping off your sandals? Because those who come to my house know I don't like shoes in my house. So we have an area where we slip them all off. But I may have been distracted. I would have wanted to have the nicest hors d'oeuvres and little desserts and things for him that I may have missed that stop sign of stopping and taking notice. So I want to share with you today, just briefly as I wrap up, how to deal with these different distractions in our lives, because I believe we all have them. We definitely all have distractions. Some of us are busier than others. Some of us have more on our plate than others. So how do we deal with them? First, God wants us to recognize that they are distractions, because if you never recognize that maybe you struggle with one of these distractions, you'll never, ever do anything about it. And you'll leave out of here the same way you came in. You'll be very distracted. Not with bad things. They're probably good things. But church, this morning I would say to you that they're not God things. And that's what's important. Is that we don't miss the stop sign and we don't plow straight through it. So the first thing we have to do is recognize the distractions. We have to keep our focus on Jesus, our feet straight ahead on the path, just like he told us to do. Not look to the right or left. Be intentional. We have to recognize that they are distractions. That's the first thing to do if you really want to live intentionally and live with purpose and really hear what God has to say to you every day. Someone asked me years ago, what did God say to you today? And I said, um, uh, well, he, uh, uh, he didn't say anything to me. He must have been talking to other people today. He didn't say anything. And they said, oh, interesting. And I kind of watched him because I thought, what, what, am I missing something? And she said, and I've never forgotten. It's been 20 years ago, but I've never forgotten it. She said, interesting. She said, do you have good hearing? I said, oh, I have exceptional hearing. And she said, hmm, because God is speaking all the time. He speaks to you every day. And I thought, but I, I, I didn't hear him. 
She said, you're probably distracted. You're probably not even aware. You're probably distracted with other things, good things, but not God things. And I've never forgotten it, even though years have gone by. And here I am today standing before you because God is putting stop signs in major intersections in my life. And he's saying, you are running right through them. You're not even stopping to see. You have no idea. You're not even yielding. You are full speed ahead. And yet I say, God, I just want you to use me. I want my life to matter. I don't want to just live and be on this earth just to exist. I want to make a difference. I want to leave a legacy. So recognize the next thing is reject the distractions. You have to say no. Oh, no. No to Facebook. No to Snapchat. No to whatever it is. Because those are the things that are keeping you from hearing and being fine-tuned with what he has to say to you. So we have to reject them. Oh, no. Today's a new day, and I'm going to make a change. I have discipline. With God's help, I can do this. Today's my day. So recognize, reject. We have to just stay disciplined so we can focus. The third thing is to replace the distractions. We replace them with being intentional. I'm going to be on you version. And if I don't like to read, there's videos. You can listen and look and see actual pictures with the Bible. I mean, you can learn God's word in so many ways today. If you want the book on your lap, so be it. But there's so many different versions. There's so many ways, audio, that we can get God's word in. Because if you want to hear his voice, you've got to be in his word. Be intentional about that. So recognize, reject, and replace. Listen to his voice. Spend time talking with him. Prayer is simply talking with him. Just like I wanna, I'm talking to you today. So recognize, reject, replace. And I just want to finish tonight or today with my story about my Uncle Michael. Because my Uncle Michael, a year and a half ago, he left this earth and he went to be with Jesus. And I can only imagine because I talked to him. In April, he was diagnosed. He just had trouble mowing his yard and coming up the, sl the slight incline. So he went to the doctor to find out my uncle was a thin man all of his life and very healthy. He had low iron, I think was his only issue ever. He went to the doctor and he found out he had stomach cancer and it was spreading fast. And this was in April. And I talked to him and he said, Tina, I'm believing for God to heal me because he's bigger than this. But even if he doesn't, I'll serve him and I'll love him. And either way, whatever his will and plan is for my life. That was April. I talked to him maybe like late July. He called me one day and I couldn't understand him. He didn't have enough oxygen to hardly speak. And I couldn't even understand him on the phone. And I just sat there listening with tears running down my face because I said, Lord, is this my last conversation with this hero? Is this the last time I'll talk to him? Is this the last example I'll have? of being so focused and living intentional. My uncle was unlike anybody else I've ever met in my life because he heard God in ways I had never, ever, ever thought possible. My uncle not only helped all those other people, but he was a rock in our family when my siblings and I had to gather about three years ago to do the you know, you have to do all the legalities. My mom died, and we had to take care of those things, and it was difficult for the four of us, and that's something you don't understand until you go through it, to be honest. But we were at the funeral home and trying to work it all out, and your emotions are so high and raw, and my mom was my mom and my dad. And my uncle was there, you all. He was there. 
He was there in the, just in the corner, a quiet strength because he was focused. And I'm sure God said, why don't you go today to the funeral home? Just be there for support in case they need you. I know that's why he was there. And we didn't really call on him that day, but he was there in case we did need him. And my uncle was there time and time again for me. As a matter of fact, when I had to fly back at the last minute when my mom left this earth, Nate and I had to fly back the next day, and it was $2,000 to go. And I just put it on a credit card and said, God, you'll provide. My uncle had been saving money because he knew God told him to put it in a separate account. I'm telling you the truth, you all, the 100% truth. So when I was there, he, he got me alone. He said, you know, how much is your plane ticket? I said, it's about 1950, something like that, 1950 He said, well, you know, God told me to put aside $2,000. I didn't know what it was for. I've been saving for some months now, but I know it's for you now. So you go ahead and take that. So that's paid for. Just another example, my uncle didn't have a lot of money. He lived very frugally, very simply. But again, he wasn't distracted. He was focused and he heard God's voice in his life and he blessed me yet again. And that's the last time I saw my uncle. That's the last impression. That's the last thing that he did and that's the last way that he showed me Jesus. He left a legacy in my family like none other. And even now I see from across country how there's such a loss, there's such a gap there, even with my siblings and cousins, because he was a hero to us. He lived so intentionally, no distractions for him, and God used him time and time again. He was simple, just like you, just like me, everyday people that God wants to use if we'll just shut out those distractions and stay focused. We will hear his voice to us over and over again. I'd like you to stand if you would today. And I'd like you to just hold steady. We're almost finished. I appreciate your patience. Would you just bow your heads with me this morning? I just want to give a moment to actually hear him. Because I know he's here. And if you're here this morning and you say, well, I don't even really know. I don't even understand really some things that you shared. I would like to hear God's voice, but I'm not sure that I even, I know a little bit about him, but I don't know him. He's not someone that I've asked to come into my life and to guide my life and guide my steps. But this morning, I want to do that. I don't want to leave here. I know I'm not here by accident. God brought me here today to show me that I love, that he loves me and that I matter to him. So if that's you this morning, you say, you know what? Yes, I want to say yes to him today. And I want him to lead and guide my life. And I want to walk out of here different than I came in. I want to know I'm part of the family now. If that's you this morning, I just want you to raise your hand. Just raise it high and say, that's me. That's me this morning. I want to know him. Thank you. Thank you for being honest. And if you're in the house today and you would say, you know, I have asked him into my life. I've, I realize I'm in need of a savior. I, I've already done that, but I go through most days and I would say, I'd give the answer you gave, Tina. No, I haven't heard what he said to me. I don't know really what it's like to hear his voice. I'm not even sure what that is. That's kind of foreign to me. But today, I want to be intentional. I want to live with purpose. I want to be that person 
when I'm gone, I want people to say, wow, he made an impact. She made a difference. They weren't average. They chose to live above and beyond. They chose to let God use them time and time again to love on people, to care about what matters most, others. If that's you this morning, I want you to raise your hand and say, I just want to be more intentional and more focused about hearing God's voice. I want you to pray with me this morning. I just, I just want to admit that today that I'm not hearing his voice like I should. Just be bold and raise your hand. This is between you and God. It's nobody else's business. He already knows. You're just raising a hand to acknowledge. Again, I appreciate your honesty this morning. And I'd like to go ahead and pray just so I know I don't miss anyone. I would like everybody to repeat this with me if you would. I'm just going to pray that you accept Christ, that you would open your heart to accept him this morning. It's just simple. It's not the prayer. It's only in your willingness to say, I need a savior in my life. I need someone to guide and lead me. So dear Jesus, I thank you that you're more than enough to guide my life, to save me, and to take care of me. And this morning, I open my heart and I say yes to you and to all you have planned for me. And I thank you, Jesus. Amen. And for those who raised your hand, and even if you didn't raise your hand this morning, God knows, I want to pray for you this morning, okay? Father, I just thank you for your word this morning. This is your truth and your word. You just asked me to present it. So I thank you, God, that you've already been revealing the different distractions to the ones that are listening. They've already been able to relate, yes, that's me. Yes, that's me. And I thank you, Lord, that you've walked even through the room and you've put a hand on the shoulder and you said, son, daughter, I don't want you to be distracted any longer. I want you to be focused so you don't miss what I have for you. I have so much more for you. You're missing it. Not because you're a bad person. You're doing lots of good things. But I have better for you. And today, God, I ask that those distractions would be revealed to each and every one. And they would be able to cast them off. And they would be disciplined. And if they need accountability, they need a buddy to call up and say, hey, just make sure, ask me the next time you see me. Make sure I'm not getting distracted when I'm on you version or whatever it is. And I just thank you for everyone who's willing to say yes to you and to your plan and purpose this morning. In Jesus' name, amen. And the other thing I'd just like to say before we close, if you are someone today that would say, you know, I have some other things going on, or maybe you want personal prayer about this, these distractions, our prayer team will be up here to pray with you this morning. Just feel free to make your way to the front if you want to pray alone. The altars are open for you, whatever you need. And I'm going to go ahead and dismiss you at this point. I thank you all for coming. And we will see you next week. Have a great day and a wonderful week.